What up? Welcome back. This is your boy DC, and uh, welcome back to the most bingeable podcast on the net. Now, I owe all of y'all an apology because I've had a few stories I've kept back, and uh, can't believe I forgot about this one. So we're going to start right off on the bat with The Viper. That's right. V-I-P-E-R. Viper. So when I first started, because I've been doing this job for almost a year now, um, about a year. So when I first started, um, you know, of course, if anybody's followed this podcast, I had steeled myself in all aspects of, you know, we're going to get drunks, we're going to get, you know, ridiculous shit, and you're just going to have to deal. But nothing, nothing prepared me for the Viper. So, it's about Saturday night, and uh, it's still early, and I'm, you know, taking the regulars home, and it's about 9, 9.45, and I'm about 15 minutes from my hometown, and I get a ping, ping, and then I get a call. Now, for those of you in the know, the only time that Rideshare Central calls is when they need a special VIP pickup. So I get this ping. And of course, you know, expect a phone call. Phone rings. We need you to pick up a VIP passenger. And it's rather urgent and expedient of you to do so. Flag. Urgent and expedient meaning that you're going to ride into a situation that more than likely is going to either be hostile or soon to turn hostile. But of course, you know, this is when I first started out, so I haven't, you know, been hit to all the game yet. So I don't really know. I just know that, hey, I'm the lucky one. I've been chosen. And... They're going to pay travel down, travel back, double the fee. It's a premier, the whole kick and caboodle. Great. Location? 45 minutes from my current location. Not bad. So a premier, LGD. Yeah, so you're looking at about 60 to $70. dollars round trip. Perfect. No problem chasing that paper, baby. Because you know when that man calls, bitch better have my money, I'm going to have that money. So either which way, start driving down the road. And I'm thinking, I'm like, flag. It's a Saturday night. Why is there no one else near where these people are. And I'm looking at the map, and it's about 15 minutes south of Mordor. And I'm like, shit. And anybody who's followed this podcast already knows. Mordor, quite (laughs) on the hump, I don't like going to Mordor. Bad shit happens every time I go, something weird, something strange, and we wind up with a new podcast. It's the reason why this whole little shebang got started. 
and hence the reason why we're talking about the Viper. So, make my way. Now I'm twisting and turning and up and down and hurtling through the chasms and the schisms of darkness in the backwoods. And I'm like, crap. It is black. Like, black, black. Like, you turn on your headlights, you can't see a dollar or a dime in front of your face black. And the directions are telling me no. Turn here, turn now. And I'm like, what the fuck? The GPS is starting to go hanky. Flag. Immediately, I should have turned around. I should have canceled this call. Because not only did the GPS start going hanky, the cell service started going hanky. If anyone knows who follows this podcast, recap. Rewind. Rule number one of the horror movie. If the GPS or the cell phone coverage starts going out and you're in the middle of the woods, you leave. No. The big scary dude's going to jump out with the knife. Ah, and then you're going to die. Ah, and then, you know, there you go. Your night's over. Or you're going to hear banjos. And next thing you know, Jethro and his cousin Skeeter or Ski-Bob or whatever his name is, dude who likes duct tape, is going to come out and like, squeal like a pig. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I have issues. I know I do. But either which way. Flag. But I continue on. Because I have committed to picking these people up. So, you have arrived. And I'm like, the hell I have. The pen says it's to the right of me, which is in a cliff face. And it says, I there my people are. Uh-uh. Time to lock the doors. Time to get out the protection. I'm looking around. And about a mile back, I had passed this mailbox with no lettering, no nothing, but it had balloons tied to it. And I'm like, oh. Well, time to be like Scooby-Doo and the gang and time to go investigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flag. Anybody who's ever heard this podcast knows immediately there's a couple things that we rideshare drivers hate. If your ass knows that you live in bumfuck where you got to pump sunshine in, and you know nobody but the damn neighbors know where you live by, you know, feel and in the dark. Or the mailman knows where you live because he's been delivering that route since 1705. Let somebody know where the fuck you are and give them a landmark. Or illuminate. Or put lettering. You know, common fucking sense. Send me a goddamn smoke signal. Nope. Gotta go play Scooby and the gang and go fucking investigate. Right. Like that shit ever turns out okay. You know what I mean? Right. So either which way, I go back down, loop back around, make a left, slam my brakes. There is a car, not just any car, but a car blocking the driveway. And this fucker is huge. It's a limo. 
not one of the regular limos, but one of the, you know, sporty SUV types. You know, slap the shift gate, put it in low, double up into high, go off-road. It's the Subi baby. It's all-wheel drive. We can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So I make it up this long-ass driveway, which is basically a 180-degree hill, to this clearing. And there's this beautiful house, fully illuminated, that you can't see from the road. And in the circle, there are three people. Woman in a bridal gown, her husband, and supposedly the driver, because that's the only person I could think it would be. So as I pull up, you know, she runs up. Are you DC? Yes, ma'am. And, you know, the husband's kind of drunk. Whatever. So, I'm like, yes, I am. Can you get the luggage? Yes, I can. Okay, good. So I started unloading luggage, putting it in the trunk. It's the soupy baby. You know, we tight quarters. So I open up both doors, load up the luggage, you know. The husband's really inebriated, and he's like literally sitting on the ground. And, you know, he's had one too many. And I go over, and, you know, I'm like, check on him, make sure he's okay. Because I really don't need anybody at all to, you know, get in and start complaining. You know, they hurt their head, and, you know, next thing you know, we got eight hours of paperwork, Gloria Allrich, he touched me, right? So, load everybody up, get him in. So, I'm going over to pick him up. You know, I reach out my hand, get a goodie, and I'm like, oh, shit, drunk-ass Russian. Right, just what I need. Time in the service couple things have taught me there's a couple people that you know they get really drunk they get kind of belligerent and they get kind of boisterous russians are usually about the eight or nine scale there's others but russians are about eight or nine and i know a smattering very loose smattering and you know i go put out my hand he grabs my hand and i you know start pulling him up Grigori, and i'm like da comrade because I'm not trying to, you know. Hey, I just want you in the car, in the seat. Don't throw up. Especially don't throw up on me. And, you know, I'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. My name will be Susie if it'll get your ass in my car so I can get the fuck out of the middle of the horror movie. So, you know, the bride comes over and she's like, can I go change? And I'm like, yeah, you know. It's like, well, the venue's closed. I'm going to have to change. She goes ahead and changes in the limo. Comes back in a tracksuit. I've got my friend. We're up. We're starting to stumble bump inside the car. Grab him by the waistcoat, put a hand on his head, bend him in, slide him in. He goes out like a nappy nap. You know, perfectly fine. Don't need to hear you. Don't need to see you. You're not doing anything for me. So, you know, 
I'm like, is everything okay? You know, are we good? We're fine. It's like, okay. So we start driving away. And she's like, hold up. The cash box is missing. I'm like, well, I pulled everything out the back of the car and I didn't see anything else. So she's like, well, go stop down by the limo. I'm like, all right. So I go stop down by the limo. She jumps out. She starts searching the limo. Now the driver who she's had an argument with beforehand comes back down and he's screaming at her. You know, asking her why she's going through his car and what the fuck is she doing? And I'm like, oh shit. I ain't paid to be Galahad. There ain't no cell service, barely any. And hubby is in the back. Fuck. And I can't stand around and watch another man hit a woman. I had that problem overseas. I have that problem now. Just put it out there. Good old Mama DC didn't raise no fool. She always said, you either stand for something or you fall for everything. Now they're out there arguing. And within milliseconds, this woman, very lethe, very statuesque, she's a mix of both. In this tracksuit, hits this man with a two-piece and a biscuit. Now I'm going to hip you to the slang. Uppercut. Gut punch. Knee to the dangly bits. And as he's going down, she grabs him by the back of the waist and by the shirt collar and throws him into the car. Into the side of the car. The door is closed, people. And it was a thud. And she went inside the front of the car and pulled out the cash box. Making an assumption. I think my boy was thinking he was going to keep the cash box and, you know, for services rendered. I don't know what the fuck services were, but whatever. But this sudden movement and attack I've seen this before and I've seen it very well I've seen men do it I ain't seen no woman do it especially a viper because that's how fast this woman moved it was like boom 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 KO like I mean seriously like Mortal Kombat deadly and she jumps in the car and she reaches up and, you know, there's blood on her knuckles. And I'm like, I take the cash box and I'm still looking at her in shock. And I'm putting the cash box up front, reaching the glove box, pull out one of my little napkins, and I hand it to her and she wipes the knuckles, throws it out the window. And she looks at me in these steel blue eyes. And in a voice that sounded like it was from the grave of hell, you can drive now. You know old DC turned the hell around, both hands on the wheel, snick it, seatbelt on, 
Yes, sir. Weezer be driving. Beep, beep. And away we fucking went. We get about 10 minutes down the road. 10 and a half. And finally she speaks to me. I don't know what became of me. Normally I'm not that aggressive. And I'm saying to myself, oh dear God, this bitch is going to kill me. So I need to talk to her to, you know, reassure her that everything's okay. DC is not a threat. And I'm just here to drive. Please don't kill me. So what happened? He messed with the wrong bitch. He showed up. And he thought that even though the limo broke down, and even though he called for replace, we have been sitting there for four and a half hours after the ceremony has ended waiting on him. And I was tired. Okay. Well, now that that's all cleared up, so, you know, as we're sitting there, and we're steadily driving, you know, she asked for my phone. I'm like, shit, lady, you can have whatever the fuck you want. I hand her my phone. She dials a number. She lets everybody know she's okay. She hands me the phone back. And I'm like, you know, still trying to calm her down. What do you do? Because that's some serious training. And, you know, she looks at me, and I can feel the heat from her. And she's like, you were prior service. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She's like, I, uh, I fight for a living with the MMA. And we ain't talking the Bush Leagues, okay? We ain't talking Kimbo Slice Backyard Brawl. She fights professionally. And I'm like, that explains everything. Because the sudden quickness and the pure aggression of it scared the shit out of me. Pepper needed new shorts. Kind of scare. So I'm like, oh. She's like, you watch? I'm like, you looked familiar, but, you know, I've only seen a couple mid-card rounds. And, you know, we have this wonderful conversation like nothing has ever happened. And we finally get to the hotel, you know, and everybody's outside waiting on her. And, you know, they go in, groomsmen go in, pull the guy out. You know, she comes up front, takes the cash box, reaches inside the cash box, gives me a very generous tip. And then she's like, thank you for keeping me calm. And I'm like, I have no other choice. I'll rate you five stars. I'm like, lady, you can rate me whatever the hell you want. I am never complaining. And she laughed and chuckled and she walked on in. And I'm like, congratulations on your marriage again. She's like, oh, yeah. Thank you. And from there, we're going to go ahead and leave it because, you know, we are the most bingeable podcast on the net. Trying to keep everything under 20s. This is take six. Um, All names, places, and locations have been changed. And uh, descriptions have also been altered. I know who this lady is. God knows. I don't want to see her 
coming anywhere near, anywhere near me. Hell, if she comes near me, I'm buying a bus ticket and I'm going the hell out of town. This is one scary ass viper. Okay? The severity of punishment that she dealt out because he messed with the wrong bitch. I'm just telling you. So anyway, again, thank you to my subscribers, both new and old, and welcome to the podcast if you're brand new. Hey, check out some of the older episodes. They'll make more sense, and, well, this one will make a lot more sense, especially with all the little flag and, you know, little throwbacks and tie-ins. But either which way. Hope you all have enjoyed it. This has been The Viper. Um, And hey, I'll catch you all on the next one and uh, talk to you all soon. Stay frosty.